Hello. Good afternoon. And Welcome good evening. to the Castro Files. I'm Greg. I'm Beth. This is Beth. And I hope you are doing well. We've got a couple of cool stories to talk about today. We do. I'm going to be going over some skin whack, skin, skin whackers, some skin walk, walkers, <laughs> rather some skin whackers. I don't, whackers. Yeah, I don't think that's it. Skin walkers. I right. think those are a little scarier than skin waxers. I yeah, know, I think so too. Depending on your position on it. But what do you have for tonight? I have, um, I'm not going to name it yet okay. because they don't do the whole story. Uh-huh. Um, but I do have uh, a stalking incident. A st- Stalker of yeah. some sort. Uh, not your average stalker, right. but it was a stalking nice. of sorts. It'll be awesome. All right. Yeah. So we'll buckle up and get into that in just a second. But first, go out and like, subscribe to the YouTube channel out on the Castro Files. Find us there. You can also find us on Instagram, the Castro Files, it's where we post all the pictures and everything. Normally upload once a week. And shortly after, we'll be dropping everything out to all the audio channels. So your iTunes. Spotify, all the good places there. So, all right, let's jump into this. Make sure these are clean so I can read. read? There you go. That always helps. So a little background. I like to give uncrypteds. That's a lot of the things that I've been getting into lately. Yes. Talking about kind of those creepy monsters out there. Last week we talked, or whatever it was, um, we talked about Slenderman. We've talked about Wendigo you've Mm -hmm. done, right? Certain things like that. Right. Um, This one, the Skinwalker, is equally as creepy. Yes. Um, So I'm going to go through a little bit of the background, and then I've got a pretty interesting... Uh, story to go along with it. So skinwalkers in many Native American legends, a skinwalker is a person with a supernatural ability to turn into any creature they desire. Desire. To be able to transform legend sometimes requires that skinwalkers wear a pelt of the animal. In most cases, the pelt is not used in modern times because it is an obvious sign of them being skinwalkers. It's a common theme found throughout cultures all over the world and is referred to as shape-shifting by anthropologists. Okay. These creatures are, are cited, interestingly, a lot nowadays. I wonder why. It's always one know. of those things. Many Native Americans dislike the fact that skinwalkers appear in modern media because of the, because of the supernatural or superstition that mentioning them might cause them to hunt the mentioning person down. Okay. Great. This is, this is the same reason why they don't like talking about talking about them um, with not not natives, non-natives. Mm-hmm. So Navajo Skinwalker, the Yi Naladushi is the name. Okay. The Navajo have some of the most well-documented and arguably some of the most interesting lore surrounding skinwalkers. This word is very hard for me to say coming up, so just bear with me. Okay. The Antineo, it's, pract- it's a practitioner of witchcraft, witchery rather, and it's... I'm not saying it right at all. Okay. Just know that. Are people who have received supernatural power by breaking a cultural taboo. Upon initiation of Antineo, a person is said to gain the power to become a Yi Naladushi, which means with it he goes on all fours in the Navajo language. This is done via dance song via a dance song ceremony used to curse instead of to heal. Although both men and women can become Antineo, men are more commonly initiated. <clears throat> this is generally thought that only childless women can become mm-hmm. witches. Not every witch is a skinwalker, but every skinwalker is a witch. Interesting. In some stories, people have attained the highest rank are called klesiati, which means pure evil. This can be achieved by killing a close blood relative, incest, necrophilia, or other cultural taboo and evil acts. Upon 
Completing one or more of these acts, it is said to destroy their humanity and allow them to become fully initiated in the ways of witchcraft mm. or witchery. Interesting. Right. So you got to like really do something terrible, right. terrible, right? Although a skinwalker is most frequently seen as a coyote, wolf, fox, eagle, owl, or crow, the Yi Naladushi is said to have the power to assume the form of form of any animal they choose, a decision based on what specific abilities are needed. For example, a skinwalker may use a bird uh, for expedient travel in pursuit, escape, or otherwise. Some Navajo also believe that skinwalkers have the ability to steal the face of a person. Doppelganger yeah. kind of creepy, right? We did one of those too. Uh, skinwalkers are commonly believed to be the color white while in animal form. This is how many distinguish a skinwalker in animal form from a regular animal. Navajo believe that if you're ever locked eyes with a skinwalker, they can absorb themselves into your body. Alternately, some Navajos believe that if you make eye, eye contact with a skinwalker, your body will freeze up with fear. The mm -hmm. skin and the skinwalker will use that fear to gain power and energy. Skinwalkers, like many other malevolent legends, gain power through from the victim's fear. It is said that to say skinwalker out loud will attract them to you as you've been marked. To say their name aloud is to invite them to your, to yourself. So I've said their name about 20 times already. So just we'll, we'll sage the house or something in a minute. Um, so skinwalkers are very usually very hairy in their human form and often wear animal pelts. Some Navajos describe them as the perfect version of the animal in question the skin may be a mask which are also which are the only gar garments worn in, in initiation ritual since skinwalkers are shunned and despised numerous attempts have been made to hunt and kill all skinwalkers hmm. they're not usually successful however sometimes a skinwalker will be tracked down only to lead to the house of the attacker or someone known by him so it kind of reverses it mm -hmm. on them right so some case, some say skinwalkers have the power to read human thoughts they also possess the ability to make any human or any animal noise they choose regardless of their current form skinwalker may be used may use the voice of a relative or the cry of an infant to lure victims. Since a skinwalker cannot enter wow. an inhabited home without invitation, similar to vampires. So they cry and they go out and look and then they try to get you to bring them yeah. in. Okay. Um, they'll use skinwalkers will use spells and charms instead of fear to control their victims. Some of the tools at their disposal include fragments of human bone launched by blowgun, which can poison and kill an unfortunate victim. The wow. human bone dust, which can cause paralysis and heart failure. Skinwalkers have been known to find traces of their victims hair, wrap it around a, a pot shard and place it in a tarantula hole, which is Okay. Wow. Even live rattlesnakes are known to be used as charms by the skinwalker. A skinwalker can use anything of personal, uh, anything of personal belongs, and use it in ceremonial rituals against the person they are doing evil against. So there are some um, popular media which we've seen. Maybe you have or have not, but there's X Files mm -hmm. had a uh, show episode nineteen, and then there was a book series that with the experiment in terror. In the movie Skinwalker, there was actually another movie, The Dark Tower, by Stephen King did one. So there's quite a few. There's even um, like Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. So there's quite a bit out there of it, you know, with that. So that's kind of a bit of the backstory on cool. them. There's, there's more to it than that, but it goes into 
you know, as far as the, um, the lore. Now we'll get into a very interesting story. This is, um, out on creepypasta as well. The other, the prior one was out on, um, cryptids.com. You can find it out there and I'll post the links later. So my father told me a story once I'll never forget it for a few reasons. I think, I think it's the first story he ever told me as a child. It's also the story of how my grandfather died. Oh. But honestly, that's, that isn't the reason. You hear stories on TV or sometimes you overhear something in public place. People talk about ghosts and aliens and you think to yourself, that ain't real. They're, mixing, they're making it up or they're mistaken or they're crazy or something like that. You just can't believe it. That is until something happens, something that brings it all together, connects the dots in a way you didn't think before. Maybe it happens to you, or maybe you hear the same story again and again from different people. It doesn't take long for the world to become a lot bigger than you thought it was. As I said, this is a story that my father told me, but I never believed it. Even though he swore up and down it was true, it wasn't until I started clicking around the internet that I started to believe. I started to hear other stories just like the one my father told me. It didn't take me long to believe after that. That's not why my father, not what my father called it, of course. He never used the internet in his life. He wouldn't know how, what the online community had taken into calling it. When he chose to call it something other than it or that thing, he called it a skinwalker after an old Cherokee tale his father told him. Hmm. But I'll tell you the story the way he told me. We were out hunting one night in the woods surrounding the dairy farm in Ohio where, where we lived at, lived at the time. He He'd tell me we were tracking coyotes. We'd kill them for 50 bucks a skin. They'd kill calves sometimes. So we'd do it, it you know, to, to help right. save the, you know, the calves. We'd do it at night. We'd do it every night rather because he needed the money. Sometimes while we were out, we'd come on a deer and kill it. Our landlord, landlords didn't mind that. And it could feed our family for a few nights and save us some money. Anyway, we were done making our rounds and heading home, walking because we didn't have a car or four wheeler back then we'd cut through the woods. That's when we came upon it. Blood everywhere splattered on the trees, in the grass, in the Creek, everywhere. At first we figured it was a pack of coyotes. We'd seen how sometimes when they weren't able to scavenge for whatever reason, they'd start hunting deer or cattle out and out of desperation. The worst was when they bred with feral dogs, but this wasn't like that. You see when a pack of dogs, wolves or coyotes attack something, they do it right. They'll pick off one of the weak, sick, or old, or just small. They'll hunt it, draw it into a corner. Sometimes it can get out, get uh, it can't get out of, get out. And they'll run it right into the biggest one, the alpha mm-hmm. uh, of the pack. And the deer will never see that alpha. It might hear it, but it won't see it. All of a sudden, its throat will be torn out, and it'll drop dead. It's quick, and it's clean. That wasn't what happened here. Sometime, something happened... Something had come upon a group of deer, coyotes, deer, coyotes won't attack a group. Wolves wouldn't either. They'd get too much of a fight. There were three, I think, three bodies just torn apart. You'd see a head or a torso here and a leg over there. Predators don't do that. They don't leave scraps behind. Whatever had done this hadn't done it for food. It had done it for fun. But we didn't know that at the time, of course. We just saw a bunch of carcasses and figured it's something we had to take care of. I remember my dad telling me to go home that he thought it was a, uh, the work of a pack of feral dogs. But I wasn't leaving him, and I damn sure wasn't hiking through two miles of woods alone, <laughs> in the dark, with nothing but a twenty-two and a pocket knife. 
I was only 13 at the time, so a 22 rifle was the only gun I could reliably use. Dad had a shotgun, and I wasn't going anywhere without him, without it or him. It took me a while to convince him, but finally we began tracking whatever did that. It wasn't hard either. We just followed the blood. Either that thing bled a deer before it got away, or it dragged one for a mile. I don't know. What I, what I do know is that I'd never seen anything never seen anything scare my dad like that before. We started hearing the most horrible sounds. Now I've been in a lot of woods in my life and I've never been all, and I've been all over the world, but I ain't never heard noises like that at that night. I heard the screaming. I heard deer, fox, rabbits, raccoons, and birds, all of them afraid of something and hightailing it. Keeping in mind, this may be 12 or one o'clock in the morning, except for the fox and some birds, nothing was supposed to be awake at that hour. But they weren't just awake, mind you. They were on the run. That night, I saw a flock of birds flying straight into the trees trying to escape something. We came upon a pack of coyotes and nearly shot a couple thinking they had their eyes on us. But then we saw they were running from, running from someone, nothing towards us. They didn't even notice us when they went right past then some deer did the same, some, then some rabbits, squirrels, and foxes, even a couple of wild dogs, or wild hogs, rather. These critters were supposed to be hunting each other, and the only thing they cared about was getting as far away from there as possible. We've been put, we should have put two and two together, that maybe whatever we were tracking wasn't something we were supposed to see, and wasn't something that we could kill. To this day, I don't know why we didn't just go home. I guess we were curious. I think that was my dad's nature to go towards trouble, to fight. And being aware of things my father did during the war, I figured it was best to stay by his side. We finally reached an open valley. It was normally a soy field, but it wasn't in season, so it was just flat dirt. That's when we saw the tracks. Animals fleeing the forest had leveled in everything in their path, but, there was, but where that deer blood was, nothing had taken a single step. It was like whatever was responsible had left it for us to find. The tracks were shallow. Whatever it was, whatever it was, couldn't have weighed more than 100 pounds, but that didn't mean much. A bobcat weighing 40 pounds soaking wet can tear out your throat, even if you're um, throat if you aren't careful. The fact that this thing was on the lighter side just meant it was probably quick and was going to be tough to hit. So we followed the tracks and it didn't take us long to find where the, where they led. There's an old schoolhouse that sits atop of a hill. Half of it had been ripped out by, by a tornado, but nobody lived there. Not for a long time. Sometimes we caught homeless people in there, a drug addict looking for a safe place to shoot up something along that line. We figured maybe that was it. Maybe it was some sick kid riding on a high, but we didn't think that for long. When we got within 50 yards, we heard a noise, a sort of screech, made up of two different sounds. One was high-pitched and the other was a low growl. It was making both sounds at the same time and didn't make any sense. We approached to within 20 yards and we heard another sound, different this time. I remember thinking that it sounded like paper being torn apart while someone was swinging water back and forth oh, in a bucket. I can only imagine. Dad looked at me, knelt down and whispered. He told me I had to stay behind him because we were about to corner our prey. Any animal will fight when it's cornered, especially a predator. 
but we can tell by the tracks that there's only one. He tells me it's probably a single feral hog, mostly, most likely rabid. The plan, he said, was to sneak up on it while it's eating, shoot it, and then keep shooting it until it didn't move anymore. Then slit its throat. That's a good plan. And if it got to dad, it was my job to shoot it or stab it till it got off of him. So I walked up. So he walked up with me right behind him, just a tad to his side so I can see what it is. I wish I wish to this day I hadn't. It was leaning over a carcass, tearing off flesh and throwing what it didn't nibble at the side. There was blood all over the brick, glistening in the moonlight. It was pale white and looked a little like a man, but not quite human. It had arms and legs like ours, but it sat like a monkey, hunched over, and it ha- its hands weren't normal. It had long fingers with claws at the end. So we, saw th- so we saw that, and my dad hesitated. He wasn't about to fire at a person, so he cleared his throat to try and get it to turn around. I swear to God Almighty, at that no- all the noise just ceased in an instant. I ain't ever heard a true silence like that before. And never again afterwards. But for two seconds, nothing made any noise. And I mean nothing. This made it all the louder when the thing turned around, made this shrill cry, and pounced on Dad. He got a shot off, but I think he missed. If he hit it, it didn't phase it at all. But it was on him, tearing entire parts of him off. Oh, shit. I started shooting it with the twenty-two point blank, but then the thing barely bled at all. I got off five rounds, and then I started hitting it with the butt of my gun. It didn't budge or even register that I was there. It was clawing at my dad, removing whole chunks of flesh. It started, it started on his torso, peeling off skin on his chest. Oh then it moved Lord. up to it tore out his throat, ripped his nose clean off, and gouged out his eyes. Then it scalped him and started digging in. Gosh. I stood there helpless as it ripped it off the bottom half of his jaw. The little bones that tube uh, and that tube in his neck... And then all of his ribs. I don't exactly remember what happened, but somehow my dad's knife ended up in the thing's shoulder. My dad, what was left of him, that is, ended up on my back. I was running, and by God, I was going faster than I'd ever run before. And it was following me. I ended up back in the forest opposite the woods we started in. I was heading towards my landlord's house, but it was the closest, because it was the closest thing to help nearby. But even that was a half mile away. All the while, I could hear the thing screeching and moaning. I heard branches cracking and getting thrown all around. It was cracking so loud and, and often that it sounded like someone was taking an axe to every single tree I passed. But I never looked back, not once. The thought didn't even cross my mind. Finally, I tripped and fell into some gravel. I looked up to see my landlord and a bunch of his buddies drinking around a campfire. I screamed and cried and he came over. I told him to call an ambulance My landlord and my landlord looked at me and said something I'll never forget. What is that on your back, he asked me. Just as the words left his mouth, it dawned on him uh, without my saying a word. It was one of those god-awful flannel shirts my dad wore everywhere. He realized, and it was damn near all that was left of my dad. Aside from a bit of my father's head and torso, that's all there was. Absolutely nothing below the waist. Suddenly we heard the screeching. My landlord grabbed me, caused me to drop what was left of my dad on the ground, and I was... um, and I was fighting with him, crying, because I thought we could still save him somehow. But the truth is, my dad had been gone well before I ever picked him up, and all I had done was carry a corpse back home. My landlord had to pick me up and throw me inside before I would go in, and before I would go with him. <clears throat> Excuse me. He and his buddies, all of us went inside together, and they locked the doors and got their guns. The landlord asked me what happened, but I didn't know what to tell him. He pieced enough of it together to understand that there was something dangerous out there. 
all the lights in the house were on and some, someone called the cops. They got there as soon as they could, they said, but that meant 15 minutes. We looked outside and saw it walk in front of the fire they'd made. No one knew what it was. One of them said, it looks like an ape. Someone, suddenly someone came, something came crashing through the window. We all fired at it, but quickly realized it wasn't the thing. No, it, it was my landlord's dog. <gasps> well, this was this, well, his body anyway, his head and legs were missing. We had just started pushing things in front of the doors and windows to form a barricade when we heard something in the garage. I remember one of his friends saying that the doors were open. We heard metal and glass being ripped and smashed. We dragged the couch and TV in front of the door to the garage for added, uh, for added measure. It banged all around some more, but then it got quiet. Not, not silent like it was before. We could hear it move, some, uh, move around some. And then the guys were talking, making sure their guns were ready. Someone handed me a pistol. No sooner had I cocked the hammer when we heard something shatter upstairs. Then, they were, then we heard the screech again, except this time it was louder. And it didn't echo and fade because it was inside. We all rushed to the one door that led upstairs. And we got, got to it just as the thing did. It opened it just a bit and four or five men just slammed into it. I managed to get its, it managed to get his hand through. Someone with a shotgun took care of that put the barrel right against its wrist and pulled the trigger, blew its hand clean off. That only pissed it off, though. It started shoving the door, clawing. We were on, the, on one side. Um, we were on one side, pushing as best we could, and it was on the other, doing the same. The wood wasn't going to hold. So someone told us to, get a, to keep our heads down suddenly, and then top half of the door was gone. My ears were ringing. There were splinters everywhere. Two or three of them had just unloaded at the top of the door. I don't know really, I really don't know where it went after that. The police got there. I was still glued to what was left of the door. The sun was up before they, uh, they pried me loose. They put my, put me in a hospital for a while while I was there and the whole lot of people talked to me, but I didn't respond. Not for a long, long time. When I got back home, I got offered, I got a job for the landlord working on the farm. We didn't talk much, not about the thing but I signed up for the army when I was 19 and he sat me down to drink some scotch and send and send me off. I asked him right away what the police told him. The story they were into, went with was that it was a wild animal, probably a wolf or maybe a bear that had migrated north. I asked him how they could say that when they had the hand. He looked at me stunned. He told me that the hand never made it back to the station. The cop had it in his car, got into a wreck, Drove into a tree and died on impact. The oh, hand shit. was never found. Likely taken by an animal. The cops then, uh, the cops, when they would acknowledge the hand existed at all, said it's simply the paw of a bear that resembles a man, a man's. I never talked to the landlord again. He went missing while I was in basic training and no one ever saw him again. There were rumors that he owned some, owed some people money and skipped town, but I don't think that was, it was that simple. As for me, I never went back into the woods. I wouldn't even if I had the whole goddamn U.S. Army at my back. No way, Jose. That's insane. (laughs) Sorry, it took me a little bit to get through. Sometimes the writing and some of these are a little off, right? So it's all good, though. But I've got some Skinwalker photos to share with you. This is a picture of a Native American dressed in kind of like, um, kind of dressed up in whatever the garb that they would say would be a skinwalker right Mm -hmm. and then we've got oops there we go then we've got some creepy ones this one is where it it's on all fours yeah right and it's like bent 
backwards and its legs are almost it's almost like doing the, the crab walk yeah but it doesn't make any sense because no. its knees are actually but going backwards. the opposite that's direction, creepy right? and you may have seen this next one coming up it's a creepy one we've seen it on a lot of different things where it's just oh, this yeah. creepy looking creature Crazed, yeah yeah so so that's my story wow skinwalkers beware i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna go sage the house pretty soon here right to make sure <laughs> we're good all right what do you got what have you got so mine is uh from the book called it stalked me uh mysterious true stories um and i read one story but then i read this one afterwards and it really kind of caught my attention it's funny um well i'll read it like funny haha no it's funny like creepy kind of funny so because it's a stalker (laughs) it's yes but in relation to your story i'm like huh okay all right right. i'm ready so ever since i was a teenager i dreamed of owning a ranch down south being from mississippi i had no problem working in the humid climate in 1987 my wife and i came across an attractive deal on a piece of land Interest rates were low, so we took out a considerable loan to acquire the place. We had all sorts of ideas to turn it into a farm. When you do that, you usually become eligible for various tax breaks. We were so happy at the beginning. Um, we were so happy at the beginning. It finally felt like we were we had something that was truly ours. The possibilities of what we could do with our land seemed infinite. Infinite. But it was only a few months after we acquired a range of livestock that the killings began. The first animal to go was a pregnant girl. She was maybe three weeks out from giving birth, and my wife found her with her legs broken and nearly the entire stomach removed. It was, without a doubt, one of the vilest things I've ever seen. At the time, we felt stumped about what could have done that, and I found it so particular that the legs were snapped. I immediately suspected that the type of action would require strong, opposable thumbs. But it wasn't like a week after but it wasn't until a week after that when one of our two horses went missing that my wife began to think we had an actual demon on our hands. Oh, I couldn't ridicule her for thinking that. After all, our fence was too high for any horse to jump, and I spent time driving around the entire thing looking for an opening. There was nothing of the sort. I wondered if someone intruded on our property in the middle of the night and stole our horse, but our gate was locked. We used a chain link to link the gate door together, and that was still intact when I went out there to check it. I'm telling you, it was the most baffling thing I'd ever dealt with. So we had to assume that whatever had killed our pregnant goat and had also killed our horse had then uh, taken it somewhere. But I couldn't find any blood or innards anywhere on my property. That led me to believe that whatever was responsible had carried the large animal over the fence before digging into it. Can you even imagine? At that point, I didn't know what to do except installing surveillance cameras around the property. The last thing I wanted was to confront whatever was responsible for the carnage, given that it was apparently very capable of harm and death. Even if I felt brave enough to go after it with a gun, my wife already begged me to had already begged me to promise I wouldn't. She had been such a gal and never asked for anything but my love and loyalty, so I wanted to respect her feelings. Right after setting up the cameras, our animals stopped getting attacked or disappearing. A few months went by smoothly, leading us to believe that the culprit had moved on. My wife thought the cameras were responsible for motivating it to go elsewhere, but I saw the timing as nothing but coincidental. Then came the night when we woke up to the worst high-pitched screamed I've ever heard. I thought the noise had come from one of my animals, so I ran to grab my rifle. 
I wasn't planning on confronting the intrusive predator, but I wanted to fire a few shots into the air to ensure that it knew the owner of the property was armed, and I hoped it would scare it off in time to save the prey, my animal, whichever one that was. As I opened the door, as I opened my front door, I saw it. Coincidentally, it had brought one of our sheep into a section that could be considered our front yard. The humanoid-like organism was gobbling down what looked to be the intestines, and it turned to face me as soon as I stepped outside. I'm still unsure whether it was the light protruding from inside the... I'm sorry. I'm still unsure whether it was the light protruding from inside or the noise of the door opening, but the creature appeared startled. There were a few seconds where I believe both the beast and I analyzed each other. You'd think this thing would have... You, you, you'd think that this thing would have had to have seen humans before before stealing my livestock but i was sure as hell had never seen anything like it i don't know how to put it other than to say the face had ape-like features but its body resembled that of a nude bodybuilder the hair might have been too fine to see but i didn't spot it on it not even the top of its head it looked like a largely bald monkey not long after we spotted each other the creature stood and had leashed a horrible screech That was when I knew it wasn't the sheep that woke my wife up. It was the intruder. I would have cut my ears had I not been using both hands to hold my rifle. Since there appeared to be no hair, I saw its private standing below its waist. The creature urinated as it stood there, which must have been a tactic to insinuate that we were in its territory, not the other way around. Marking. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, I sensed it was about to lunge, so I didn't hesitate any longer. I fired a shot into the air, which prompted the creature to run in the opposite direction. But it stepped, but it stopped once it gotten about 50 yards away and turned to glare at me. Although it had run off on all fours, it rose to two feet to look my way. By no means was I trying to have a staring contest with this thing, but it wasn't easy to pull my eyes away. I was just so stunned that the bizarre creature existed and was on my land. To say it was heart-stopping... I'm sorry. To say it was shocking doesn't even do it justice. The revelation an animal like that was real was near heart stopping. I'm sure anyone who dealt with something similar knows what I'm talking about. While the creature and I stared at one another, I heard my wife's voice behind me. She was asking what was out there. Her words helped me to come to my senses and I fired another shot into the air. I then watched the creature flee out of sight into the darkness of the horizon. Although I was relieved for the moment, something told me it would be back. My wife came up behind me and placed her hand on my back, which caused me to lurch forward. After laying eyes on that naked ape-like humanoid, I was so jumpy I had no idea how to begin explaining what I had just seen to her. She started crying as soon as she spotted the mangled sheep carcass. She had always been very attached to her animals and would have been difficult and would have difficulty even when a chicken passed away. Uh, I had, had I not known what had happened when seeing her like that, I would have guessed a close relative had died. So not only was I petrified of the intrusive creature, but I knew I had to figure out a way to keep it away in order to protect my wife's heart. I locked the door and guided my wife back to her room. I need to check something. I sat her, I said to her, I sat after, I, I said after I sat her on the bed, you go back to sleep. I'll be right back in. I don't think I would have been willing to leave her side had the surveillance monitors not been in the next room. After all, how could I be sure that this humanoid wouldn't break into our house to ambush after it, it assumed I had lowered my guard? I was eager to look over the video footage because I knew I had positioned one of the cameras at the perfect angle to capture the space where I had seen the creature. 
I craved a way to validate that I hadn't lost my mind. And reviewing the footage was perhaps the only way to do that. I checked the live feed after stepping into the room, and I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that the sheep's remains were no longer there. Okay, back. Beyond perplexed, I checked the settings to ensure I was looking at live feed and not footage from the from before the encounter. It was the live feed. That meant the creature had that meant the creature had to have returned right after I closed and locked the front door. It couldn't have been more than 60 seconds before I heard my wife scream. I almost fell from my chair as I scrambled to get to my wife, and I can't tell you how relieved I was to find that she was unharmed. However, she was sitting in bed and staring towards the window, looking like she had just seen a ghost. I didn't even need to ask to know what happened. I knew she must have spotted the creature. At at their window? At her window, yeah. What was that? She whispered, having trouble projecting her voice due to shuddering. It was apparent that her reality had been shattered even more so than mine. I was about to fetch my rifle to find another... to fetch my rifle to fire another few shots into the air, perhaps at the creature this time around, but she grabbed my arm. It wouldn't let go. She insisted I stay by her, right by her side. I believe she was already experiencing trauma, not just from the deranged-looking unidentified beast, but also from the notion that it was responsible for, for murdering her beloved animals. I wanted to confront her, but I knew sitting on the bed besides her turned us into sitting ducks. Mm-hmm. I couldn't simply wait for the intrusive creature to make a move. I had to get the ball in my court. But how? Eventually, my wife granted me the liberty of getting the telephone to call the, co- the cops. Cell phones were by no means a common thing yet, because again, remember, it was the mm-hmm. 80s. And we didn't keep a phone in our bedroom because I decided its ringing was intolerable when trying to rest. Therefore, I had to fetch it from the kitchen. I remembered it was such a strange sensation sneaking through my house, hoping to avoid detection by the creature via the windows. Whatever, whatever it might be lurking. Wherever it might be lurking. <laughs> Uh, akin to my wife, I found it difficult to speak clearly when the police station answered the call. On top of that, I wasn't sure how to explain what we were dealing with. Was I supposed to say an aggressive animal had killed several of our animals? Or should I tell the truth that it was some humanoid creature unlike anything I'd ever seen before? I ended up merely saying that something had taken our horse and whatever it was, it was, had returned to feast on one of our sheep. That was all I could think to say since I was also focused on watching the nearest windows. For all I knew, the creature was about to launch itself through the glass to pursue me for threatening it with a rifle. The woman on the line was gracious and said she'd be sending someone over immediately. As soon as I hung up the phone, I began questioning whether I had set someone up to die. What if the humanoid attacked the police as soon as they stepped out of the vehicle? Trust me, at the moment, that felt more possible than anything I felt and was likely a high probable. A probability. I immediately went back to the bedroom to check on my wife. She was still in the same position on the bed, staring at the window. I had her come with me to the hallway that led to a side door where we'd be able to see the vehicle lights approaching. I knew it wouldn't be long b- before that happened, which helped my wife feel a tad more secure. The headlights showed up less than 10 minutes, and I braced myself every second of the way watching the vehicle approach our dirt parking lot. I went outside after it parked and asked my wife to remain inside near the door where I could see her. Hello, an officer said as he emerged from the squad car. He was a hefty fella, likely in his mid-40s. He had a crew cut and wore glasses. I could immediately tell he was a stoic introvert side of guy. He seemed untroubled regarding why he had been called to our place. I shook the man's hand and thanked him for coming so quickly. Having animal troubles? he asked. 
I got the sense that this was far from the first time that man had responded to an animal attack, but I highly doubted he had encountered anything like this. Well, I suppose it's something like that, I replied. To be frank, I'm not sure what that creature was. The officer gave me a curious look, awaiting me to elaborate further. If you want my honest opinion, this thing slightly resembles a giant man, but I watched it run off on four, all four like an animal. An officer spent a few seconds on me and then did a 360 scan of the environment, and my heart started racing again when he said, Who's that? I turned my gaze to where he was looking and saw the silhouette. It looked like more than a dark shadow, but it was clear that something, I'm sorry, it looked more like a dark shadow, but it was clear that something was there, mm -hmm. and I recognized the shape. There was no question that this was the same creature I had seen earlier. As still as a statue, it observed us from maybe 80 yards away, just in front of a patch of forest. I wondered if that's where it came out of. Perhaps it lived in some cave not too far off. It looked like something that would reside in a cave. This is the police, the officer shouted. Are you aware that you're trespassing? Of course, the silhouette didn't respond. It merely kept staring. I began to question whether it even knew we spotted it, and it seemed like it was trying to blend in with the darkness by not moving a muscle. Sir, are you aware that you're trespassing on this man's property? The officer shouted, stepping towards the, the silhouette. After the officer had taken about 10 steps, the creature screamed and dropped to all four. Before I could react, the beast charged in our direction, prompting the officer to run for his vehicle. Come inside, my wife called. Shut the door, I yelled back once it occurred to me that she was leaning her head out the front of the house. Of course, I wanted to get inside, but I also knew the strange creature was fast. I knew it could beat me to the doorway if it desired. My wife waited for me to get there, and the humanoid pursued the police officer. I suspected it decided he was more threatening since he had a gun in plain sight. Luckily, the guy made it inside his vehicle before the creature got to him, but that was no guarantee that he was safe. My wife and I watched the creature circle the squad car on two feet at a slow pace. Why doesn't he get his rifle out again? My, my <laughs> wife and I watched the creature circling the squad car on two feet at slow pace, seemingly evaluating the most efficient way in. There was no question that the beast was calculative. I kept thinking I might go out there and blast a few shots at it, but I would risk hitting the police officer unless I was at point blank. That didn't sound like a smart move either because if the bullet failed to make the creature go down in a single shot, I figured it would lightly be lights out for all three of us if I couldn't put it down. It wasn't long before the officer started the engine, which seemed to irritate the humanoid. It unleashed another one of those gut-wrenching screams before the officer peeled away. The humanoid ran after the car in all fours, appearing to keep up until they were out of sight. I remember that scene making me confident that we would be all right. I thought the officer must be radioing for backup for, at that moment, possibly even leading the creature into a trap where several officers would gun it down. Hold on one second. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I would have taken When nearly shots. an hour passed, I called the police station to request an update. I can't begin to tell you how blown away, uh, how blown, I can't begin to tell you how blown away when they had told me their records showed that there had been no incident in my place. According to the computer, the officer came by but didn't find anything. I told the dispatch everything that had occurred, including how the humanoid chased the officer off our land. I couldn't tell whether the person on the line was unaware of all, that, of all of that or if they were bullshitting me. But if they were hiding something, why would that be? While I was still on the call, I spotted the creature's silhouette about 40 yards beyond my kitchen window. The reflection of the patio light caused its wide, circular eyes to glow. 
although it was still standing there on two feet, still as a statue. I felt it had every intention of hurting me. I even got the impression that it was pissed I had called a police officer to the scene. I, I felt convinced I could feel its vendetta for me escalating, making me fear for my wife's life more than my own. The second conversation with the, th the police dispatcher made me feel like I was losing my mind more than the creature did. I'm not sure how long we stood there, glaring at one another, but it wasn't until I glanced at my wife that the humanoid was no longer visible. Uh, I, wonder how it, I, I wonder how it could vis vacate the scene within that split second. I know the thing was fast, but that still makes no sense whatsoever. How did it come back? My wife said. How is it still alive? I so badly wish I could have given her a comforting question, but truthfully, its reappearance made me suspect that the police officer was a goner. I had, but I had no idea why the police dispatcher wouldn't have been frank about that. Mm -hmm. As quietly as possible, I escorted my wife into the surveillance camera monitor room. I decided that that was the safest spot in our modest-sized house. With my rifle leaning against the door near, uh, leaning against the wall near the door, I locked us in and watched the monitors. At first. There was nothing on them, but then I switched channels to check out the space near our mailbox, and there it was, the creature standing on two feet, seemingly glaring at us through the camera lens. <clears throat> Children at my spine when it became apparent that the creature knew what the device was. How could it possibly know we were watching it from objects hanging in a nearby tree? That notion made the creature seem very much more man-like than before. Speculating that there could be more than one of these creatures out there, I quickly skimmed the channels, curious whether I might spot another. As if one of these intruders wasn't already more than enough, the thought of even more than one creature would have made me would have made things ten times more dangerous. I didn't see anything in the other sections of our property, but when I returned to the camera near the mailbox, the humanoid was gone. Do you think it's back near the house? My wife asked, her voice trembling. Again, I wanted to give her a reassuring answer, but how was I supposed to come off like I knew what I was talking about? Right. I was doing everything possible to hold myself together, especially for my wife's sake. We tried to formulate words that were at least somewhat reassuring. We both heard a scratching noise coming from what sounded like outside somewhere uh, of the kitchen, but I couldn't tell if the scratches were against the ground or the outer wall of our house. My wife couldn't help but cry. She must have thought we were for sure going to die. All I could think to do was grab my rifle and sneak out to the room to take to check things out. It's not like I wanted to confront the intruder, but if I had no choice, it seemed to be best to intercept it before it's made its way inside. Before fully stepping into the room, I reached my hand around the corner and flipped the light off. I thought not only would that make it easier to see what was happening inside or happening outside, but it might make it more difficult for the humanoid to see me. I feel silly when I think about that now, of course, something that hunts at night with its bare hands would have no trouble seeing things in the darkness. Mm -hmm. Allowing my eyes a moment to adjust, I peeked around the corner to see whether there was anything near the door where I thought the scratching noise came from. There was nothing. No visible creature and no more sounds. Everything was so quiet that I thought I could hear my, my and my wife's heartbeats irregularly. Then suddenly, I was overrun by the feeling that I needed to protect what's mine. I don't know what that intrusive creature was, but it did become clear that it wasn't wise to fear it. If I kept acting afraid, that was akin to allowing the beast to conquer my territory. I may as well have thrown the towel in. But why would I do that? I was the one holding the rifle. The creature was huge, but I didn't think there was any way it would be able to withstand a close-range shot. It was not like the thing was the size of an elephant. The more I thought about my scared wife, the more protective I became. With my weapon ready, I marched to the nearest window and took a gander. Again, I didn't see anything. I checked all the windows until I finally saw it. 
I got the strange sense that it was waiting for me to approach that window so it could lock eyes with me. Um, <clears throat> it wanted to intimidate me and did a damn good job of it. On that occasion, it stood somewhere between 100 to 150 yards from the house, just inside the fence. This was the first time I noticed how muscular the creature was. I could see all of its abdominal muscles. Its quadricep, quadriceps and calves were especially impressive. No wonder it had been able to rush out of view in the blink of an eye during the previous sightings. The muscle defi definition alone indicated that it would have no trouble beating a gold medalist Olympic sprinter. There was just no question of that. No, not only was this thing built for the wild, but also the toughest of terrains. The human and I, humanoid and I looked at each other for maybe 20 seconds before it started walking to its left, and it did so on two feet. Soon it became apparent that the creature was circling our house. I went from window to window, clutching my rifle with both hands, watching this thing flank my home. I badly wanted to unload a bullet or two into it, but I knew there was nearly no chance of hitting it from this far out. And if I missed, that would be it. In a fit of rage, it would come charging toward us. If I didn't manage to take it down, my wife would be a goner right after the creature took care of me. Excuse me. The humanoid turned, got down on all four, and ran off once it completed three slow and steady laps around my house. I still wonder why exactly it did that. It had to be some sort of intimidation tactic. Perhaps it was thinking that I'd eventually crack and run for hiding. Then it would have no trouble uh, barging in for an ambush, making it more difficult for me to land a lethal shot. Who knows? After it disappeared, I rushed back to our room, grabbed the comforter and pillow from our bed. Since I decided the surveillance room was the safest in the house, I wanted her to spend the night there while I continued to watch our property from the windows. I saw no further signs of the humanoid that night. Once the sun rose, my wife and I threw some clothes and toiletries into a couple of duffel bags and headed for my truck. Things felt calm outside, but I was already decided we couldn't risk another night in the house. For all we knew, that freak was planning to return with its buddies. The chances of surviving an assault from just two of these creatures seemed slim to none. My wife loved that house with all her heart, but I was relieved to see that she had no interest in going back there. She was already talking about it like the place was cursed. It was more than apparent that the slaughtering of some of her animals tainted the property past the point of no return. I don't think either of us ever would have been able to resume an everyday life there, no matter whatever we reencountered, uh, no matter whether we reencountered the creature or not. Over the next two days, we paid a group of workers to help gather our belongings and the rest of our animals. I felt relief when we returned to find that all the reigning animals were still there and appeared unharmed. They felt that felt like a miracle. Mm -hmm. We moved to a more bustling town shortly after that and paid a nearby farmer to look after our animals while deciding our next move. Less than two years later, we found another property, property similar to the one we had before. It was in Kentucky, which felt far enough away from that startling encounter ever occurred. We haven't experienced anything like that again, thankfully. My wife and I are open to others' opinions, but we believe we encountered a southern Sasquatch that had somehow lost its hair. The only other theory that has held up... I'm sorry. That's the only theory that has held up since it's happened. Thanks for taking the time to read my story. Creepy. Creepy. Right? So... Yeah, number one, you have a hairless Bigfoot running around. I've never heard of that, but I Me suppose either. it could happen, right? And that just adds to the the, the weirdness of well, probably it was weird seeing. How it's, so I agree that, but then I was like listening to your creature, and I was like, they kind of sound eerily yeah. similar, similar with the screeching and the cries, mm -hmm. and um, they don't mention like hands or anything like right claws or anything but they do mention that's a humanoid which is means it's very human like right uh, i thought several times through the story why didn't you shoot it 
Um, especially the first time when it was eating the sheep, yeah, yeah and, and what was reckoned to be like their front yard. But if yard. it looks like a person or something, you kind of. I wanna, know, but if it's digesting understand. intestines exactly. in my front yard, I'm no. pretty sure I'm going to be comfortable shooting it. Yeah. I felt threatened. I don't think a lot of yeah, I don't think a lot of the average folks are, are going to kill gonna a, a, a sheep and eat it raw, raw no. right there while somebody's watching you do it. <laughs> um, I, you know, so I kept thinking, why didn't he shoot it? Why didn't he shoot it? And, and maybe there was a little bit of that, that at first he wasn't sure what he was seeing. Like, is this just so he was kid? like, am I just freaking out? Um, I don't understand why the cop didn't shoot it. I think or at it least had its gun. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't, but can't you shoot and run? I don't know. The cop, we don't know. We don't know. Right. Um, and I kept thinking, well, you don't really want to, sh-, when it was circling in the house those three times, I was like, you don't really want to shoot it through the window because now you're just giving it away in. Will you open the window just a little bit? Maybe. But th- then again, he said it was 100 to 150 yards away. Yeah, so that's true. he yeah. probably wouldn't have been able to hit it and just pissed Still it off. Creepy. It's creepy. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. If you're living out there on a ranch or yeah. on a farm or something like that, and weird stuff, yeah. weird stuff does happen. Like, yeah cows or something and so like that. Th- these are all based off mysterious true stories so this is something Somebody's that somebody experienced yeah it's so. kind of crazy right excellent honey we yeah. got one picture that uh not a lot on just, um hairless southern sasquatch but i imagine yeah, this, this is, is kind of what he looks gonna get <laughs> um he doesn't have a lot of hair uh he does have some hair but he does still have a lot of visible skin jacked. and he's huge so that's it for tonight for yeah. this episode of the Castro Files. Thank you guys so much for watching. Appreciate it. Absolutely go out, check out the the uh, website or the podcast rather on iTunes and check out the YouTube channel as well. We also post this out on The Bar is Open. It's another little fun podcast yep. we do as well. So thank you again so much. Thank Hope you, you guys enjoyed the stories. I loved yours. It was really good. Creepy. Yep. Fun. So yep. have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next week. See you Take guys. Care. Bye.